and welcome back to Masters of Modern. I'm your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Ben Bateman, the one, the only, What's up, everybody? the legend. Here we are. It's the two of us doing a review again. It's been a little while. We're talking about some fun stuff. We haven't, I feel like Alex, I don't even recognize sometimes the, the, the show that we do anymore. I haven't seen you in person in over six months. I'm not real. I'm, I'm a construct. I like have memories of the podcast we used to record together, like in the first year or two in like the one room of the other part of the office before the company existed. And I didn't work for the company. It's like we really weird comparing those memories of starting the show to today. I, it's hard to even consider them the same thing, but it's the same podcast. We've been here oh, for yeah. going on six years. I mean, do you remember when we used to like, like the first time we ever had a guest, like a real, like a call-in guest and we like, took headphones that we taped to the head of a blue microphone yeti mic on a table and like taped <laughs> yeah. it onto there so that the headphone yes. jack went into the microphone yeah so we've come a long way from uh early days or the early days of 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 the yeah. the masters of modern podcast and and um and zendikar has come a long way right it, it started as this blooming yeah. adventure lands with maybe Eldrazi under the ground. Then there were Eldrazi under the ground. Then they came on top of the ground, kind of wrecked everything. And now they're gone. And Nahiri is trying to uh, resurrect <coughs> the core, the core, uh, the ancient core empire. And Ness is like, yo, elementals are dope. Stop it. And Jace is like, have you played against I the new Nahiri yet? Uh, I have not played against new Nahiri. I don't think she's seeing much play. I think, I think, I think Omnath currently is the, the, the talk of the town. The, uh, the main one. Everyone's I played against about. Nahiri earlier today, actually for the first time. Yeah, uh, it was the, 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 like the, what's the, what's the plus 10 plus 10 enchantment or a, a piece of equipment that like big sword, big, big flying plus 10 plus 10. Yep. 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 One, it's like one to play it, yeah, but it's yeah, like a bunch like, to equip it. It's like eight to equip. Yeah. And there's some, so there's some cool ways to take advantage of it. Obviously Nahiri being one of them, cause she makes a one, one that equips to a equipment. So, um, you're able to make like a gigantic one, one, right. Um, it was like a really close match and they got me to one uh, and then I managed to climb out of it and win. I have to tell you the, the Gideon of the trials pact of Vitigation, super friends, Jeskai deck I've been playing at historic is one of the more fun decks I've ever built. And I actually think one, there's a lot of people who watch this show would probably really enjoy watching. I'm getting to play like two to fairy master of time for getting to the trials. I'm playing a, uh, uh, the Royal scions in the deck. I've got three Narset Parter avails. Like it's just, it's just sweet. It's really fun. I mean, I, I've been um, a big fan of that interaction forever. I'm glad. And like in modern, it wasn't even not unplayable, right? It never really made it, but it was close. The fact that it's playable and historic isn't that surprising. I wish there was Titan Pact. Yeah, well, but... the, the whole the whole thing that's really interesting about it is like there are synergies there that are really powerful. Like the fact that Gideon is a is is both your your engine that keeps you from dying off like a pact. But also taking extra turns with Planeswalkers is great. And you have four, you have two different cards that allow you for three mana to take an extra turn. And as long as you have this Gideon emblem in play, not lose. And extra turns with Planeswalkers are great. Sure, so like, sure. There are some sequences. And then Gideon also, because of the fact that once you have the emblem, is your threat as well. It's pretty low to the ground. Like there's, if you can come out correctly and you can draw Gideon and play him on turn three with like a packed up, unless your opponent like has just the right answer, there's a lot of situations where you just get out from under and there's just not much they can do. I like, 
I'm, I've been pretty impressed. And also, I'll tell you, ulting a Royal Scions is real sweet. It's like really fun because it's not that hard to do because it starts at such high loyalty anyway. Sure. Um, anyway, this is all my long-winded way of saying that I played against Nahiri and uh, and and won the game. It, nice. was, it, was, it was epic. Nice. Nice. Uh, I'm excited that card's seeing play. I love Nahiri. She's one of my favorite characters. So it's it's cool that she's getting like... Because I, when I saw the card bridge, I was a little down on it because it's like, whoa, you're an equipment tribal and just making tokens. And I'm just like... It's fine. I like I like love the one Nahiri partially because it's like good in control decks and the equipment part is not necessarily part of the feature just because in general equipment are bad, right? Like you have to have a real specific card named Stoneforge Mystic yeah. to to like make them like something that's really good. And or and most of that equipment hasn't been printed within the last 10 years. <laughs> uh, I think I think Nahiri I love four mana Nahiri original like it's one mm-hmm. of my favorites. I think you I'm on the same page as you about that card. I think this new Nahiri anytime they make one that's tribal like this. They, it's either you have to read the card and accept this won't be powerful because it costs four and what it's doing is too interactive with other card types that are very easy to get rid of, namely creatures. Mm-hmm. Or they could have made it cost three or you could have minus three it to dig for an enchantment or a warrior, which would have been totally fine, right? Like you could have just made it, made it cost three, have less loyalty and you you just immediately it dies and you get to search for something because that's totally fine. And then it has less loyalty and it's much easier to get rid of. But the fact that it costs four and has higher loyalty makes, I think, the card just a little bit more middle of the road. Sure, sure. I think that's fair. Um, so, so welcome to uh, the podcast. So for today, what we're going to be talking about, we're going to go over a few cards, just kind of going through the set and, and finding some things that we do and don't like. We're going to t- talk about Kicker and Party uh, and get our read on of those mechanics, how we feel about them. Or as we go through the cards, we'll also talk about different individual ones that we like um, and uh, kind of just discuss the set in general. Um, now, speaking of mechanics... Ben, would you like to talk about party or kicker first? Well, I mean, I think they're both interesting. Kicker, we've talked about a little bit, and I think kicker can be kind of reduced down. We we, we mentioned this before. A right? kicker is every mechanic ever. That's what kicker is, and and there have been iterations of kicker, like multi kicker, but mostly kicker is just like just a name for like this card has an additional thing you can do, or you can do something like everything is kicker. And sure. so I, it's kind of strange, almost to me, that they decided to go back to kicker. I. Like, like I, I guess, okay, isn't there a Dominaria card that whenever you play a spell with Kick or something happens? Isn't that in Dominaria? There's a few. And there's a few in this set, right? Like, the, like something that's interesting is within the, yeah. like, the framework of Arena having these sets on it, and then it, like, the same way with Cycling, right? Like, by bringing Amonkhet, all these Cycling cards from from the last set were became much more cooler, and it's almost like this is the same thing, right? Between Dominaria and this, we now have two sets of Kicker Tribal cards being printed that all kind of get along with each other, which is really cool. Which, like, I, I wonder if Wizards is doing that on purpose, like, revisiting some of the mechanics that, like, excuse me, are really popular and played really well with the library of old magic cards, but because arena is such a focus now don't have that library of cards to be cool with. So by releasing more cards now that arena, now arena has that library of like, Oh, there's like two giant sets of kicker cards. There's two blocks of cycle cards. So I think that's pretty, I think that's intentional. I like love arena, by the way, I've I've been pretty, pretty (laughs) pro arena at this point on this show, but, I'm so happy I can play it on my computer now and I don't have to like bump boot up or something, a bunch of stupid crap to be able to do it. It like just makes me very happy because even the economy, which I think is wonderful. I love jamming games of historic. I like drafts and I can get cards. I like, you know, you win packs, you win gold. You like 
you're able to play in events. You're able to cash that out for the stuff you need. Like it does take a little tiny investment to get started. But even if you don't want to, when you start, just take the free stuff they give you, go find the website that has all of the old pack codes. You can get like 21 free packs. If you just use all the old pack codes, they don't expire. At least I've noticed like they're all just, if you type in any of the old like redeem three packs, the last like seven of them work. You can get like 21 packs. If you sign up for arena right now, literally. And like, that's enough to start your collection off. So it just makes me happy that it's like functional and easy. And also thank God during this pandemic, there's like a, 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 you know, visually pleasing, like enjoyable version of magic I can play consistently. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not like a giant complicated operation. Even what we do on our Monday streams, which have been so fun, you know, it's like a little like janky. Like we have to angle my camera down and it's like, you know, it's, it's a little, a little more complicated than just like, let me just turn on this app and push play. Right, 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 That's right. Easy. Well, one one of the things I think is really interesting is and the so Screen Junkies did a um uh because they do the 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 um honest trailer videos honest and, trailers, and yeah, they yeah. did one this week that was a honest trailer on all of the streaming services and they touched up on each one and when they did the Disney Plus one something they like kind of said was like Disney Plus this thing that they launched that was going to be this cute thing that then because of COVID ended up being the entire strategy for the company this year because every Disney park and cruise and movie and TV show all shut down. So this is all they had. <laughs> um, and like arena is not far off from that kind of concept, I guess is, is the point I'm making where like you have the fact that paper magic kind of went away. Like GPs went away. Like it, it still is out there and people are opening packs, but it's significantly reduced than what they were expecting. And so now magic has become arena and commander paper streams on spell table. <laughs> um, yeah. I, and I think, and I think 2021, I, I think quite honestly, I am fairly confident by mid 2021, the will, will be like returning to live events, like think concerts, sporting events, like GPs. I think they will be back by next summer. So I think like this is, this is just the ultimate thing to happen to push anything digital forward. Like I think just the same way Disney plus is having a lot of success arena is. And, and I right, think, thank right. God, because I really want magic to succeed. And I think the success of arena is a really big thing for that. I think it's going to mean a lot for, for magic's longevity that like they got this, you know, organic push that came from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, and now, now, and obviously there are issues. I, a lot of people bring up like, like a big drama of the moment is um, how, you know, there's a feeling that like Hasbro is pushing wizards to sell packs or do better or, you know, to grow their business. And and, and people there's a conspiracy theory, basically, that like the reason stuff has been so powerful over the last year and a half is because it's like driving people in all formats of magic to pick up more and more magic sets. And that's now splintered off into different theories. There's a theory that like wizards designing for commander uh ends up creating cards that are too powerful for standard because they're like meant to be balanced in a four player game of commander. But then those cards like Winota or, or, or Omnath are examples of this. Right. And, but then those cards end up making it so standard is bad. So then standard players are moving to commander and then now commander is, is being inundated by these competitive players. Like there's this whole like library of like steamrolling theories that everyone's throwing around. I think that one was Shivam. Um, and, um, and all kind of based on, on just like wizards need to push the sets more and, and kind of have that that like like by pushing this power level, this is intentional to sell more packs because the higher the power level and standard, the more packs they can sell. Um, I don't think that's true. Uh, I, I honestly don't. Uh, based on the conversations I've had with friends of ours that work at wizards, I, I, I do think that they in general are motivated to 
you know, make the best game possible. I think, I think a lot of the influence you see that made this, this power level is the reaction to Ixalan. And we've talked about this before, right? The reaction to Ixalan got people to think that, you know, power down magic in standard ends up being not fun. So if you make a bunch of different powerful things, standard ends up being more fun. And they tried new ways that stuff can be powerful and they're finding things that it shouldn't be right. Like it's, it's pretty blatant that like life gain and ramp shouldn't exist together. Just like Omnath or uh, not Omnath. Yeah. Omnath is one of them, but uh, Omnath is a bad idea as was Oko as was Uro. Um, Yeah. Another one is like spells that are four drops that are free. The turn you play them are a bad idea. Uh, we had multiple ones earlier this year, and now Omnath is here. And Omnath is a cantripping four drop that makes four mana the turn after you play it. So, lessons learned, hopefully. <laughs> Stop making four drops that draw I, you, you think, a card and replace themselves with mana. Do you think Omnath's a problem? I mean, Omnath only... Um, you have to untap with Omnath. And it's not like you have to untap at the no, end you of don't. your turn. You can play it on turn five. Oh, sure, sure. So you draw a card, then you play it, you gain you gain four life, crack that, get your four mana, that whole like thing. Like if you play Omnath and fetch, you have now gotten a free yeah. Omnath in play, drawn a card, and gained four, four life, right? I'm correct there? Uh, yeah, because what it's the, if it's the first time, first if it's is the second fe- time, first it's is the game third life, time, second the first time, time is game mana. Card, yeah. So so yeah, if you play Omnath yeah. and fetch, yeah, yeah. you yeah. gain get you get, draw a card, gain four life, gain three life because you fetched. And then have five mana uh, of any color combo you really could want because you could fetch for the, the black mana you'll need. Um, and then if you're able to play any card that gives you more land, which generally these decks are doing, you, excuse me, can do that. You can then do four damage to your opponent. And and like, remember, the play pattern really is turn three, play Uro. Turn four, play Omnath with the extra land you played from Uro. Yeah. To then yeah, play yeah. Uro off of Omnath to play the next land, dome them for four, gaining three life. Ha- and then that doesn't Stupid, mention the yeah. scoop mob that's in play. And now you broke Arena with how many scoop mobs you have. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I yeah, think Omnath yeah, yeah. is likely to be banned alongside Uro at some point. Maybe soon. Uh, I have to tell you. So when we played and, and I, we're going to talk all about, you know, we're going to talk about party and kicker. But so we, we've been doing these Monday streams every Monday. We, we bring on uh, two other players and we do a commander stream. You've actually gotten me to be playing commander weekly on a week to week basis now. And, you know, this last week I built Joyer of the Gitu, my own list, which is pretty fun. Actually, I think it was a pretty good deck, like, yeah. you know, not great, but pretty good for just like a from scratch. Um, and and uh, what I was going to say, though, was I, I had a great time playing and that Ben Wheeler built an Uro tempo deck, which was so dope. I was like, this is like why really smart magic players who are good and like to play with fun cards and aren't just cranky like me are so awesome because (sighs) he's like, I have found a way to make this really stupid magic card that like he was literally playing in his deck, like something that made me so happy. I was like, wow, this isn't unfair at all. This is just great. Why didn't I think of using this as a tempo commander? How cool that all of your miracle grow creatures and berserks and like, this is great. I just was like, man, that is really cool. I, I was impressed with how good that card was as a commander and how much fun it was to watch it go off. Yeah, I think I think I think this is the spacing commander that you haven't gotten a chance to really experience because you haven't you've only really built the three decks you've built. And this is the first time you've built something new. And, and this is the part of commander that I enjoy the most. And I guess today is just <laughs> a bunch of grab bag subject matters uh, is is that I is the hipster version of commander building. 
And like, it, in fact, it's really hard for me to build a commander deck unless I've come up with a cool, different way of doing something. One of the reasons I built Nahiri, and before that it was a Boros Reckoner-themed Tajik deck, was my red-white deck, is because I'd never seen anything like that before, right? There was nothing really close to that, and doing something different with it was interesting. And doing a red-white reanimator deck, I had never seen before. That's why I kind of built the deck, because I wanted to see, like, oh, these pieces seem to be here, plus there's a bunch of good Eldrazi-themed stuff here that you can do, and sneak attacks, um, and it worked, uh, you know, Kess Crimes, which is a deck that's all about like using Kess to rebuy threaten effects and then using those threat effects with sack outlets or blink effects to permanently steal your creatures or kill them was like something I hadn't really seen out of, uh, you know, there, there are with a Kess deck at least. Um, so it's always something to like, look at as like, oh, you know, like, oh, how I can't build you when you, when we started this commander project, you were kind of like, it sucks that I can't play tempo. Like the thing I want to do, you can't do. And the fact that we had Wheeler on and Wheeler played a blue green tempo deck that like you played dirtily two drops and three drops that just like got really big as single creatures over time because it like triggers off of drawing cards or playing spells and then just starts attacking people with these individual cards. And in the meantime, he's just drawing a bunch of cards and playing a bunch of counter magic to prevent you from stopping his berserked 2020 lore scale codal from punching you in the face. Um, I mean, that was kind of like my whole thing when I've been playing like Runechenner's Pike with Inkmoth Nexus in my decks. Mm -hmm. I've been like adding that those two cards to any spell based commander deck I build because I had that same idea of like, I want to win out of nowhere. Um, I want to be able to like, you know, like, and I I just saw what he was doing. I thought it was really cool. So, but anyway, we digress because commander is not what this episode's about. But long story short, uh, Uro, I was like, that's a cool use of that card because I otherwise hate that card. And I do want (laughs) to get banned because I. I like really dislike the kind of magic that that Uro and Omnath promote. It's my least favorite kind of magic. It makes the games feel gummy and sludgy in this way that's like yeah, I'm trying to think how to put it into words. It's kind of like when somebody plays the six mana Chandra against me that can't be countered and it gives you emblems, it pluses to give you emblems and it can like kill any creature or planeswalker you have. There's this feeling of like, we got to a point in the game where you had enough lands that you could cast this big clunky six drop. But the fact that it can't be countered means that like, basically, if we got to this point in the game, you're probably playing blunt force trauma cards that I'm just going to lose to now. There's not that much I'm going to be able to do. I guess maybe if I happen to have the right removal spell for it, something that kills a planeswalker or I was far enough ahead, maybe. But otherwise, if I'm playing traditional pieces of control, counter magic, maybe burn spells, creature bounce, uh, you have something down that I probably can't interact with and you will probably win the game because of it unless I can race it. And that's kind of how I feel about those other cards. Yeah, I think I think someone brought up a good point today and, and, and it was basically like their least favorite type of deck to play against is ramp. And, and, and I kind of think I agree. I think I think that ramp should never have an easy time gaining life. Um, I think that mm. that whenever like uh, or, or in reality, ramp shouldn't be able to ramp easily. Um, in a way that also lets them stabilize against aggro. Because I think I think aggro aggressive decks should always be a counter to what ramp is doing. And when ramp is able to just beat aggressive decks, like the fact that Uro is gains you three life, get really gains you six life, and then puts a six-six blocker into play is like so hard for an aggro deck to beat. And so there's no real easy way to beat them on that axis. And ramp beats every other axis, right? Like ramp beats control, ramp beats mid-range decks ramp like without blinking ramp beats like combo sometimes can beat ramp 
but like even then debatable because ramp normally can play the cards that stops combo without really working too hard because it can play any color. So I, I think, yeah, I think in my, my thought that like those are the ways it makes sense. You need to be able to punish those types of decks. I'm fine with people playing six mana Trondra in the perspective of like a control deck, right? Like if I'm like, if I'm able to control the game to the extent that I've been able to survive till turn six, then I deserve to get to play a dope card on turn six. I'm fine with that. Well, that's... So my point was not to say that I think Chandra's a stupid card. I think like there's a place for all magic cards for all players. My point was to say, I think that those types of cards, when magic, when games come down to, I just got, I'm like, I've packed my deck full of cards that are now designed. Because think about like, can't be countered wasn't a clause that used to exist on cards. A long time ago, that that wasn't a thing that even was. That sure. They created that at some point, right? And and the same idea with a card like Uro. Compare like Uro, if you go all the way back to the beginning, you compare it to like, force of nature or like shivan dragon it's like come on did you're talking apples and oranges and then you go further sure. into magic's history and you look at good creatures like you think about maybe um uh the the the, the black green white one from apocalypse that i can't think spirit monger or you think about like obstinate Baloth or something maybe from the mid era of magic and it starts to feel like okay like they were trying to put more abilities make creatures more resilient give you more a little bit more power when i look at uro i'm like this is just doing everything. It's just doing oh, everything. Yeah, yeah. It makes playing it makes it makes the concept of playing something other than this stupid. Like the cards that the cards that are like a two mana counter your spell, like a, like a mana leak type of card, feels so dumb against a card like Euro. Like it just you, I, you have to be everything has to line up exactly right. Your lightning bolts, your whatever, they all have to line up sort of exactly right in the right order. Otherwise, this overwhelming thing that they've created is going to win. It's just the inevitability of cards like that is what I don't like. So uh, I was excited to see it played in a commander deck because I, I thought it made the, made the card feel a lot more human, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think that the the uh, the trend we've seen of more and more cards like that being printed in that design space, I definitely think it should be checked because inevitability, the same we saw with Oko, isn't fun. It's just not fun when somebody for relatively cheap gets so much advantage and not advantage like cheap, I'm going to combo you out. It's advantage that's like, I'm going to play this and you just won't ever really be able to get ahead of me Mm -hmm. because I just got this for so cheap. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree. Um, All right. Let's let's jump in. Uh, So uh, kicker is back um kicker i think i think uh, earlier on i forget it might have been during a commander stream i was complaining about kicker and, and basically my statement around it is like it's always feel bad to me right like i i like i guess it gets dope when you draw it. it's just always so hard for me to cast a kicker spell um yep like it's the opposite side like i always want the effect from kicker and the creature is a bonus i think we were talking that like i like evoke more than i like kicker in the sense that like evoke I get the spell half and then sometimes I might get a dirtily creature. That's fine. Like, uh, you know, getting a, a two, two fire is cool. Getting a three, two fear is cool, but like I want the, mer- I want the, you know, just the doom blade or I want the, the, or the terror, I guess is what it is. Or I want the, um, uh, the, the, the draw two cards, you know, for three mana plus maybe a creature dying, um, versus kicker, which is like, Oh, I'll get this, sh- terrible three two for three. Oh, but if i spend six mana and wait i can bounce a creature also so i'm just not going to play this for three turns and then i get punished because i'm a greedy person and i get why people like kicker I, I, <laughs> yeah sorry go i agree with you totally i so it's interesting right like, like you go back to old magic you talk about when kicker first was introduced mm-hmm. if i if i recall correctly it's it's definitely invasion block it might have been in in plane plane shift or apocalypse might have just been invasion i can't remember but it's definitely that it was block. a major it was and a major block mechanic it, 
Yeah, yeah. So it was probably an invasion. So, um, but I remember some of those old cards. Do you remember the Volver cycle? The, 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 the like Dagovolver, Rackovolver. They're like the one ones for two that have a, a kicker ability in each of the enemy colors so that you can like build like your three, three lifelink for a striker for like six mana or five mana or whatever. You don't remember these? They're all rares. There was one for, there's like five of them probably. I have, I have, I have played with an invader card maybe zero times. You've, I'm sure in the, in the, in our, in our chaos drafts, you've probably opened one of these, but point maybe, being, yeah, th- these were, is that where, these is that like where the, the original, black, like at zero, zero gets a bunch of counters, has regenerate creatures from that's Phyrexian Scudda. That that's from, I think plane shift. Okay. Um, I don't know. But but long long story short, my point in saying this is that those are all without the kicker abilities, they're all terrible. They're all like two mana one ones. Like they're they're useless cards. And and the original design, because they were like, this is a really cool idea that we have for kicker, um, is totally fine. The creatures you're getting by, you know, building your thing aren't that good. Like paying five for like a three three live linker with first strike is not that good. But the point is, they were like, This is really cool. You can sort of build your own creature. Um, however, you would never really want to play the one one for two, and and I think about how that's evolved over the years, and every time they've brought kicker back, and the times they've tried experimenting with something like multi kicker, and it's like I can't think of a card, at least almost any card offhand that I in Magic's history that I would really want to play the front half of the kicker card. I, I'm trying to think if there's like one from like Modern Horizons, like uh, Dismantling Blow, right? Is there like a destroy and you draw two cards or something if you kick it? Is that uh, Am I remember uh, that correctly? It's it like a white card. One green mana target creature gains hexproof versus one green, one green target creature gets hexproof plus four foot plus four. Like I obviously I want to do the double the double okay, green. vines. Yeah, vines of vastwood, but like if I'm paying the one half, I'm not like I'm normally doing it to counter a spell, right? So I think that's that's one that I'm that's like a, that's a good example. Yeah. So 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 that that's that's maybe the best one. Like I cause cause you're right, I would pay one green. That that's the whole design of kicker, and I agree with you. You mentioned the the blue three two that bounces a creature, or two three maybe. Um and then from this set. And and another one is that is the one blue two one that for four mana can return a spell to your hand, but otherwise it's a two one for two. And like and that I, I really, really good. want that spell back. I mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I drew that card over and over again playing in, in my seven rounds of sealed. And I, ne- I almost never cast it as a two one. I like one time out of the, like seven times I drew it, I cast it as a two one and I had to, to block, but otherwise I was like, I'm never going to play this for two. Cause like, and there's some cool kicker cards is. here that I do want to talk about. Cause, cause I think they're, they're going to be interesting, but yeah, I, I, I always, it's, it's much harder for me. I think, I think, Honestly, I like multi-kicker more than regular kicker because at least then there's the coolness of scale. I understand that it's probably a pretty small quantity of different things can do that. But like I love Wolfbriar Elemental, right? That card's really dope. The fact that it like is like and that's a fine four mana for a four four is fine. And then five mana for a six six power and then six mana for, you know, eight. But that's another card that like I'm always like, yeah, I don't know. I I I I, I think we kind of agree on kicker. Now, the other mechanic is party and party is really interesting party is really interesting because party is really four mechanics that are grouped together. So it's kind of in the same way, like historic from, from Dominaria, which is interesting that that's, that, that was also paired with kicker um, in the sense that like there's rogue tribal in this set, there's cleric tribal in this set, there's wizard tribal in this set. And then there's um, warrior tribal in this set. Warrior. And, and there's at least I think two rare, like there's multiple tribal cards for each of those mechanics and draftable strategies around them. And also there's party. And, and like, for instance, I know you're pr- pretty hyped. The fact that there's a bunch of cool new good rogue cards. We talked about Nahiri and Warriors and that kind of thing earlier. Um, there's a lot of big fans of clerics. I think either Michael or Marshall is working on a cleric deck for the stream. So speaking of which, uh, I don't know if we mentioned we mentioned this in the the, the raw feed. 
Um, I'll, I'll get to it in a second. But yeah, so 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 I think that like there's a lot of cool. Like, it's cool that there's just really four tribes here. There's the tribal mechanic on Zendikar, which has always been true, right? Original Zendikar had core and vampire and elf tribal with even, I think, some merfolk tribal uh, and goblin tribal. And this has these. Um, and then on top of that, you have cards that just, like, get this cool benefit from party. Um, what are your thoughts overall on the mechanic? On party? Yeah. I think party's pretty cool. Um, nothing I've seen so far with party has made me feel like it's pushed very hard. There's not a car- There's a couple cards that are really cool, but there's no like. I don't see the mechanic and go like, man, there's so much abusable interaction here. It seems like a pretty fun limited mechanic that I think will. I like that it makes relevant these. On the whole, other than wizard, wizard is a pretty strong creature type over the years, but uh, warrior, rogue, and cleric are all like fan favorites. Um, I like the Dungeons and Dragons aspect of it, the, the the sort of like flavor aspect of party. I think that's pretty cool. The idea of there being like how many members of your party. Um, I think that's all really awesome. Um, and yeah, I think ultimately the rogue, the rogue aspect is the thing I'm the most excited about. I mean, and, and wizards, t- to be honest, I, I like that wizards are getting another push with, yep. with party. Cause yep. I, I think, I think wizard tribal is something that like you say to someone, like I'm playing a game called magic, the gathering. You know, and they you, you, like, hey, name are... ten words. You go like name ten words that you think would go along with this game. You have no idea. They'd probably be like uh, magic. Um, I don't know wizard. Like that's probably the first mm-hmm. word that comes to most people's minds, right? Maybe dragon. So the idea yeah. that, yeah, 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 elves or something. You know, but like I, the, I think the point being I, the fact that it's taken this long for wizard to really be like a like a prominent mechanic in magic. Not just like not just like a creature type. There's tons of wizards over the years, but you know, like they pushed it in, in Dominaria in a sweet way. Like I love Wizards Lightning and Wizards Retort. Those are great. I love Adelie's. I love a lot of the cards they've given us there. So it's cool that there's another mechanic being introduced that then rewards us for another one of Magic's, I think, flagship and iconic creature types. Yeah, no, I... I Plus I, roads are friggin' sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think also like with Party, there's kind of like three different versions of the mechanic, right? There's like the ones that this card is bad unless you're really pulling off a good party, right? They're, they're like, this card no longer does anything unless you're doing this, which feels really limited oriented generally. Um, there's the cards that are like, this is a good card. Also, there's some texts on here that if you have a party going on, upgrade this card in a way that's powerful. And, and like a good example is uh, 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 the Dauntless Escort. What's it called? Um uh, uh, Limbala, oh, the new, sure. the new Limbala, which is like, yeah, a flying yeah, yeah. three three Dauntless Escort is a card, right? That that was like Dauntless Escort non flying, which was white green and colorless for the sacrifice to be able to give all your creatures indestructible, was like played in standard, um, and like a real card. This is that card, but flies, which is always better. I'm gonna say always better, <laughs> uh, and then plummet, get out of here. Um, and then also has this marginal ability that if you have a full party, you get to do a thing. I think that's like that's that's I think the most likely to see playing constructed. And then there's the like cost reducing ones that if you have some party, get better and better. Uh, the one that comes the the two that come to mind are the two black ones, right? There's the um, and, and I'm the demonic forgetting. tutor one. Yeah, there's the one that's demonic tutor that gets cheaper for every person in your party, and then and then if you have a full party, is one mana tutor and then play a spell for free. Um, and then there's um, the the animate dead right or the the reanimate that like you can either reanimate one thing or one thing in a party member, and the more party members you have, the it gets significant. You know, it could be two mana to do that, and I think those are like you can like for like having a rogue and a cleric in a black deck. 
is not that hard. And now you're paying four mana reanimate and that's better on rate than nine times out of 10 or like, I think the Agreed. last 20 reanimate cards printed, if not the last five years of reanimate cards printed. So I think, I think that's, that's kind of what's really interesting to me uh, and, and ways you can break stuff uh, with party where things that are like, Use party as delve almost to get effects at better rates than you normally get is something that's interesting to me, especially because like there might be enough self mill clerics out there and and rogues and wizards that you can do something like a reanimating version of that. Um, it's cool. So I feel like Linvala. I feel like Bant Collected Company, Bant Collected Company party based deck seems like something I would like to do. That seems like real, real fun. That sounds really sweet. Yeah. And like, and that's like, you know, not modern, but historic playable for sure. Limvala, well, Limvala would be almost an auto include for me in those decks. Cause it can do that kind of stuff. Um, that's what I mean. That's, I think that's Linvala seems like one of the, one of the things I can think of. That's like the best with what I'm talking about, because like, if you, if you like have Linvala in play and you like, you know, play your, your collected company pre combat, <laughs> you will likely be able to co- complete party. And now Linvala like invalidates their blocker and you know, like it's a whole thing. Yep. Or removal spell. You can yeah, collect seems- a company in response and get her to save your other thing. That's more, you know, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with it. The one, almost the one negative is the sacrifice to prevent, to, to give everything indestructible on your flying three, three is your flying three, three is now more valuable than you maybe don't want to do that. It's like, Oh, I can save this one yep, random yep. bad creature, or I can f- save this flying three, three <laughs> that's going to kill my opponent. And, and right, th- right, maybe right. that's better. Oh, that is better. It's just, it's like, you know, more heartstrings. And, 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 and difficult decisions. So before we go start getting onto a card by card basis, we kind of already started for the remainder of the set. Uh, I do want to do a few shout outs. First on, make sure to follow us on Twitter. I'm at Kess Wiley. You guys can find me at Ben Bateman Media, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, make sure to check out our Patreon. Uh, it, it is how we make this podcast. Also, there's a bunch of cool stuff. The coolest one is the raw feed. Uh, so every episode that we record, the stuff you're listening to right now, there's a ton of extra content we record in every episode. Specifically, there was, you know, even in this episode, 10 minutes at the beginning of the episode, just us ranking fast food restaurants uh, and talking about how how <laughs> hag specific uh, chicken nuggets may or may not be and how much I dislike them. And and you guys to find out which chicken nuggets I'm talking about. Um, and and so definitely check that out. There's swearing in that version. There's a bunch of cool stuff. Um, so that that is on the patron. Uh, and I think you get it once you hit the $5 tier or above. Everyone gets access to the raw feed. We Plus, we incorporate them into kind of conversations about what we're going to do every week. Any cards that they want to make sure that we hit upon as we do reviews. Um, and then bunch of other cool stuff that they get, get get access to plus they help make this podcast happen they're how how we're able to do all the video editing and the episode editing so that this comes out on time and we're able to do it every week so thank you a check it out but also thank you to all your patrons that are listening right now uh, we we appreciate all your help uh pinky's up to you um and uh, as well uh also um we are doing commander streams now so every um monday we do a um commander stream 7 30 p.m pst uh on twitch.tv slash cast wiley or the mmcast youtube channel um last week we had gavin verhe and ben wheeler on it was an awesome game game two is currently on the youtube channel you can go check that out uh some of the most insane stacks i've ever seen ben mentioned the really cool euro deck wheeler was playing um and then um next week where it's going to be me and this so, so monday uh will be me marshall uh, Michael and Ben all having just built brand new um, commander decks based around legends from this set. I am very, 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 very much working on a 
um, snow crab themed <laughs> uh, monstrosity. And I'm excited to have as many islands in play as possible. I don't know what anyone else is building. Um, and we'll, 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 we're really hyped about that. So we'll see you guys uh, hopefully in, during the stream on Monday at 7.30 p.m. PST, uh, as well as all the other things. Um, and make sure to subscribe. Hit that like button. The like button matters, as do comments. If you can comment on a card that we didn't talk about today, maybe one of the land flip lands, uh, maybe if you thought one of our opinions earlier in the episode was wrong, we'd love to hear your thoughts below. Uh, and then also hit the like button. It's right there. You have time right now. You Agreed. Can be, you can hit it right now. Hit Couldn't the like button. More. Couldn't agree uh, more. I think those are all our shout outs. Now we can talk about individual cards. The first card I'm going to talk about today, Arch Priest of Iona. One, it gets uh, its power is equal to the number of creatures in your party. X2 at the beginning of your combat on your turn. If you have a full party, target creature gets plus one, plus one and gains flying until end of turn. Obviously, the important thing is that this can be like a three, two for one pretty easily, I think, like because it is a cleric. So you just need yeah. um, any of the other two. And and how hard is that to really pull off? And I think if if like I think that's kind of the other thing is having three creatures in a party doesn't seem too impossible. It's when you want to get to the full four that becomes really difficult. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's like a thing that it can do. Move yeah, uh, I, I think I think it's power equal number of creatures in your party. So like if you play a changeling, this thing doesn't this thing doesn't get just automatic, right? Correct. It, you, you have it, to have one of each different kind. One individual creature for each party. So I think this card's pretty weak. I mean, I, it's a cool card and it costs one. So it's interesting, but I think it's having the full party or even having two other creatures in your party. If your deck is hyper built to be that way, but like unless you have a bunch of changelings, which aren't that good the configuration to be able to get to three different types at all times, not have redundancy, um, I think makes it a little complicated. And I think this is going to end up being a two, one often, uh, you know, there are some situations where you probably, it's going to be a big flying five, you know, whatever. But, um, I think often it's going to be a little underwhelming. Legion angel two white, white angel warrior flying. When Legion angel enters the battlefield, you may reveal a card from you own out a, Reveal a card you own named Legion Angel from outside the game and put it into your hand. It's a 4-3 flying 4-3. Four mana flying 4-3. Um, I think this is actually a really interesting space for white card draw, right? Like like being able yeah. to like wish um, the same creature or different things from your wish board in white, I think is like a really interesting space to play in. Um I think this card's just fine, right? It's a flying 4-3, but uh I think I think the fact that it can do that is pretty sweet. I think it's pretty good, actually. I think there are, I think there are like certain scenarios in which this card is like. I think it's kind of legit. I mean, I guess cost reducers are necessary to make it really good, but if you have an, even a single cost reducer and a three mana four three that draws you a three mana four three, um, I was saying if you have cost reducers at all, and even just a three mana four three flyer that draws you a three mana four three flyer, and that's not that hard to accomplish let alone if you have like perhaps like a double cost reducer and this, you can get this down to being like a, like a two mana four, three flyer because you've like built your deck that way. I just think the idea that you could like a four, three flying creature is pretty good. Right, we've seen, right. we've seen a three, four flyer for four with flash and a different card advantage ability be like dominant before in formats, right? And resto mm-hmm. that's like the great, you know, generates his own kind of value in the flash that has flash, but I mean, a four, three flyer for four that flies is not weak. Would you play a four, three flyer for four that draws you a card? Uh no. But but, but this guarantees you getting another card. This draws 
Yeah, this shows you a 4-3 flyer for four. I mean, consider for a second how good this card is in a top-decking situation. Right. Where you're, like, mana-flooded, and you guys are going, like, one-to-one, and you're like, cool, let me play this 4-3 for... This 4-3 for four. Guess what? I have three more of them where that one came from. So as long as I have mana, I'm going to get 16 power, and you are going to probably draw a land on your next draw. And the opportunity cost is including it. You know what I mean? Like, that's pretty... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and your sideboard, right? You lose the slots, but... No, 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 no. I'm saying the opportunity cost is low, right? Especially, like, best of one, where, like, literally I'm not even using that sideboard slot. So I just, like, including one, four, three in my deck for four. And I, like, is just, like... At some games, it's just going to be the thing that wins. Yeah, I think... I think... I agree. I think it's pretty, pretty great. Uh, Next card, Luminarch Aspirant. One and a white human cleric. At the beginning of combat, on your turn, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. It's a one-one. Thoughts? dreams which is fine right what was it luminarch you said luminarch aspirant uh i think what's cool about it is in plus one plus one deck tribal decks it like does like on a pretty pretty consistent way put the counters on it does happen right before combat so it does have that kind of like plus one plus one counter tribal um other than that i think it's relatively weak it is a two drop which does like give it a lot of flavor when i had it in limited it was insane like this is an insane card in limited um and and just is, is pretty good it's also a cleric which obviously for party is relevant um, and kind of the benefit there. Uh, do, do, do. I think as they continue to develop the space more and make it so you get a bonus for having creatures with counters on them, this card becomes insane. I already can think of this card, considering Rogue is in party, and Una's Blackguard gives you such a great advantage for playing uh, cre- creatures with counters on them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even if this is not even in a deck with Rogues necessarily, just the idea that you could play this card, you could put a counter on it, and then Una comes down and they discard a card, and it's just like a bear, or you know, there's a That's lot of sweet. situations like that that I think... Yeah, like a plus yeah. one, plus one counters Una's Blackguard plus party tribal deck is like probably a thing. I think that's like there's there's probably enough synergy there. Yeah. Uh, um, Skyclave Apparition. One white, white core spirit. When Skyclave Apparition enters the battlefield, exile up to one target non-land, non-token permanent you don't control with converted mana cost four or less. When it leaves the battlefield, the exile card's owner creates XX blue illusion creature token where X is the converted mana cost of the exiled card. It is a 2-2. Two, two. Um speaking of collected company <laughs> yeah totally like this is just this is just uh i mean this is better this is better than it's not better because it it's four or less right so it's not as good as like some of the like o-ring creatures that we've got in the past but i think this is a pretty strong card yeah it's also a spirit i mean it's also a spirit in spirit tribal like with, with like spirit collected company decks that makes it that makes it relevant That's considering yeah, like yeah and has a good um, ability but yeah this card's good also, like them getting an XX creature token in a, in a lot of decks, like you don't care because like you'll bounce the token versus right. like them getting the problematic card back is much worse for you. Like they're like, imagine them playing Dark Confidant so, and I on turn three, you play this in your spirits deck and now they lost their Dark Confidant. And if they kill your spirit, they get a two, two and like, who cares? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Think- yeah. Yeah. I think I think I think there's something there's something to it. Um, Tazri Beacon of Unity. Four and, and a white. Oh. Non-land, it, by, by, by the way, it's sorry, it's target non-land, non-token permanent you don't control, right? Yeah. So it's not like Fiend Hunter in those cards. Like it's it's not quite deputy detention, but it's like it, it is notable that this is not just a Fiend Hunter creature. It's like much better than that. Yeah, it can get rid of planeswalkers, it can get rid of um artifacts, enchantments. Like it's it's very versatile. Yeah, I agree with that. It's more it's closer to O-Ring than it is Fiend Hunter. 
Yeah. Tazri Beacon of Unity, four white human warrior. It costs one less to cast for each creature in your party. Uh, Two blue, two black, two red, two green. Look at the top six cards of your library. You may reveal up to two cleric, rogue, warrior, wizard, and or ally cards from among them and put them into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in random order. It's a four, six. Um, A few things. I had this in limited uh, and I was just playing straight up blue, white, but like being able to cast this for seven as the activated ability and limited was like bonkers because you just like get to play two cards for free for seven mana not to mention if you're able to pull the color combo off yeah since this is the absolute only ally referencing card in all of this set how do you feel with allies not returning i mean i wasn't the biggest fan of allies i'm glad they're not back um i think this card's really cool i think this card's really fun I don't think it's going to be game breaking by any means, but I think it's totally cool. And I like this card. I like you the design of it. I think this card utilizes the party mechanic really well. You don't think in the dedicated party deck, like do it. You don't think in a dedicated party deck, that's like five colors. If you're pulling that five color look off the ability to like play this for two mana, three mana as a three mana, four, six, and then get the advantage of being able to then draw a bunch of cards late game off of that. Isn't, isn't powerful. I think it's powerful. I think like, so just let's just say, for for instance, you were playing the party deck and you like got, you you know, you got out like three creatures in your party. So this thing costs you, it's a two mana four, six. Well, presumably all all the creatures you're playing are pretty good cards. So like, you know, they're, they're like, it's a little win more if you're getting it for cheap right? You already probably have a pretty good board. Um, if you don't have a good board, like they wrath you and you draw this card and it's just like a five mana four, six, the activation is hard to get to and expensive. I think it's totally good. Like, I think this card is good. Mm-hmm. I think this card will mm-hmm. get played. I just don't think it's nuts. I think it's like, you know, it's, it's cool. I think okay. it's a cool card. Uh, next card is Charix the Raging Isle. Two blue, blue, legendary creature, Leviathan Crab. Spells your opponent's cast target. The target Charix cost two more to cast. Three mana, changed Charx is sorry. Charx gets X plus X minus X until end of turn where X is the number of islands you control. It is a zero 17. Um, uh, sorry, go ahead. I love this card. Uh, I am brewing. This as a commander for Monday's stream. Get hyped. This pile of cards right here is all of the cards that I have to sort through and figure out what actually goes in the deck. Now, a chunk of these are just snow covered islands. So that, that at least takes out some of it and there's some sweet uh different cool proxies that people have given me um that i'm really excited about to also show off so pretty hyped about that uh you're gonna get a lot of my thoughts on that after that episode so so i don't know how much i want to go in past (laughs) that um ben what are your some of your thoughts since this will be you know since i'm going to be punching you in the face with the you know 13 zero crab on monday (laughs) <laughs> uh, I think it's like really sweet. I mean, I, I I like the design of this card a lot. I think it's a Leviathan crab, which I know you're like really hyped on just in general. I like you're very happy playing this card. Um, I also think like anything that makes the your opponents targeting your creature more expensive is good. It's mm-hmm. like, those cards are always like a huge pain in the butt to interact with. One of the cards that I've always played against Eric with, and he always plays in his blue white wizards deck that just makes me like hate the world is uh Grand Arbiter Augustine the Fourth, or whatever that card's called, okay. makes your spells cheaper and all their spells cost more. Mm-hmm. And I hate that card because anytime your spells cost more, Thalia. So if I want to deal with your creature and it costs me two more, that's that's good. I think this card's cool. I mean, I think especially as a commander, I'm excited to see what you do with it in mono blue. I think that'll be great. Yep, I'm I'm super hyped. And there's like fun stuff too, right? Like I get to play Tetsuko Umazawa Fugitive. Which, yes, which makes yes. him unblockable, which is sweet. And like, 
just like cool stuff. Whelming wave, return all creatures to their owner's hand, except for krakens, leviathans, octopuses, and serpents. Like there's going to be f some fun leviathan tribal, some fun crab tribal, some fine toughness tribal, some fun island tribal, just all the things. Um, next card on our list is confounding conundrum. Uh, when Confounding Conundrum enters the battlefield, draw a card. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, if that player had another land enter the battlefield under their control this turn, they return that land to their hand. Or retur they return a land they control to their hand. Um, kind of just like hate a blue hate card against people playing too many lands in a turn. This is brutal against fetch lands. Um, so like in modern, this on turn two is like so limiting that you can always fetch on... Um, like your opponent's turn. So you just have to kind of like go back and forth in how you fetch. So it's not too, too yeah. bad. Um, but you'll get someone once in a while, but then, and then obviously against the Uros or the primeval Titan decks, it's like very powerful. It's also like another card that a, it cycles, which is nice that it comes down on turn two and draws you a card. I think that makes it good. B, um, there are a bunch of these cards. There's tunnel Ignis and there's like all of the things that make your opponent, you know, like, um, all of the things that if an opponent had a second land entered, this happens or like ghost quarter type of effects. Like there's a lot of synergies with stuff like that, that I think are pretty cool um, that punish your opponents for a playing fetch lands, but also be just for lands entering the battlefield. So right. like something like your field of ruins, and your ghost quarters make it like really interesting uh, to play against. So because um, field of ruin only hits non-basic, right? But ghost quarter hits any land or because ghost quarter also only non-basic. I think they both hit. Oh, any, anyway, they right? both hit any land. I think. Might be wrong. No, Ghost Quarter uh, or F Field of Ruins definitely non-basic. I think Ghost Quarter might be any land. Ghost Quarter, but I could be wrong about that. Yeah. Um, I'll look it up. Concerted Defense. One blue instant counter-target non-creature spell unless this controller pays one plus an additional one for each creature in your party. So with Snapcaster Mage, this is Spell Pierce. With the next yep. creature that you play, a rogue, maybe it's better. Um, I think it's just worse than Spell Pierce, though. I agree. I think it's cool, but it is worse. Uh, Ghost Quarter is any land, and, and uh, Field is, is non-basic. Okay. Uh, deliberate. One in a blue instant. Scry two, dr then draw a card. Preordained is in modern. As an instant. Cost two mana. Uh, I think this card's really dope. Uh, yeah, I like really like this card a lot. Like, I like... Was, we were, people are playing Anticipate. This is just better than Anticipate in every way I can imagine. I guess it... Well, except that digs it only digs this, this card only digs one or it's scry it's scry two draw one it's digs pure, two it's preordain as an instant two, two one blue one colorless instant scry two then draw a card okay so so it's right so so with anticipate you see three cards you get one in your hand right so the only difference with this card is obviously you see two and then if you're like these are so bad the third card has to be better i'll take that card yes um versus and you, if you're wrong and it's just the same thing or, or somehow worse, then you've made a mistake. But I think the upside of this card does make it significantly yeah. better than anticipated. Because the better side is like, oh, the two of these cards are good. I just want this one first and I want it now and I'll get the one next turn. Or like yeah. one of these cards is good. One of them is bad. And, I, you know, yeah, I think I think I like this more than anticipate. Um, it's sweet. Does though. this card make Delver more playable and modern, do you think? Do you Maybe. Think, like, or do you think it's too weak? It's it, the fact that it's an instant is really powerful, right? Because now on turn two, you can hold off for man or mana leak or deprive or whatever. Uh, and then if they don't do anything or they don't do anything relevant, you can flash this in, scry, draw a card, reveal the top card. Or you can turn one Delver, turn two, play something. And then during your upkeep, 
do this in, before you draw a card to then set the card of your top of your library to work with. Like it has that brainstorm effect that does well with Delver. So I do actually think this does make Delver better. Um, Except the Delver is just maybe just not good enough anymore. A three, that's a, a different three, issue. two flyer yeah, for yeah. one. Yeah, I, th- I think it is still good enough. I think I, th- I think the idea that if you had nice support for it in modern, it could be good enough is still correct because a three power flyer for one is still good. Just realistically the the most ideal version is the one you're talking about where you hold up and counterspell and that means you're not actually flipping your delver you really guaranteed until turn three which makes it a lot worse because by turn three i could have a terramander or a gurmag angler or a jace's phantasm for that matter it's the fact that delver getting in on turn two in in like legacy decks is like kind of the key right like that brainstorm hold open hold the brainstorm on upkeep hold open counterspell you know type of thing to flip your delver is very powerful so anyway uh we i think i agree with you it's worse than spell pierce though the uh the 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 confounding whatever concerted defense oh that was like a card ago we're on deliberate now you deliberated for a very long time oh yeah an entire deliberate review before you reviewed that card uh inscription of insight three blue sorcery kicker two blue blue choose one if the spell is kicked choose any number instead return up to two target creatures to their owner's hand scry two then draw two cards or target player creates a xx blue illusion creature token where x is the number of cards in their hand um this card's sweet it does a lot of things none of them are counter a spell uh returning two creatures to their owner's hand for two man for four mana is actually i think pretty strong and the fact that you can also then or scry yeah. to like, I think all of these things are things I would play for four mana. Like I've played, I would play each of these this things is, <laughs> and getting it as a choice is pretty good. Yeah, I think this is a, this is a limited powerhouse. Uh, it's probably not a constructed powerful card in any format, but maybe possible. This card is better than we think. And it'll end up showing up as a control card, like a finisher and control decks that like you just like play it when you draw it often as in like the sort of the shark typhoon model. And like, once you draw and you play it, you're like, yeah, I'll just like play this and make a four, four flyer for four or like a five, five flyer for four. And now I have lots of counter spells and I win, or I'll draw this late in the game when I have 10 lands and a counter spell up and I'll play it for eight. Mm-hmm. And it'll be like just a monster. It'll make me like, you know, a huge creature, clear your board and draw me cards and scry. Like it's a kind of a haymaker. It is possible. Probably in standard. This will see like one or two of playing control decks. Yeah. As long Maybe as like on math isn't running around, I think this has a chance to see play. Like it, it just is like no version of this car as a four drop. I would be sad to play as a one of or two of in a control deck, right? Like, oh, I drew, you know, scry two, draw two is like very good. It's almost draw three for four mana, if not almost draw four at times. Um, right. Bouncing two creatures to those in their hands is a lot, very efficient. And like making a creature is like the default on this, making a four, 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 four in blue. Um, and then the eight mana version of this is insane. You're like draw two cards, make a threat and, and bounce two things is like a lot of things that this does. Um, maddening cacophony, uh, one in the blue kicker four. So six total, uh, three and a blue for the kicker. Uh, each opponent mills eight cards. If this spell is kicked, instead, each opponent mills half their library rounded up. Um, I always love that text. Half their library rounded up is always one of my favorites. In, in historic, this is a two-card kill with the, the jumpstart uh, blue legendary for three. Um, it's every time you, if you were to mill an opponent, double it. 
Okay, as gotcha, a legendary gotcha. creature. If it's so, kicked, though. Yeah, if you kick it as a six drop. So if you play him on three and you play this at six, you just win the game. You just mill them out, no matter how many cards in the library. What's interesting about this card is like early game you play in mill decks is early game you play it for two. Mid game you play it for six, but then late game you go back to paying it for two because because eventually you get to the point where the like mill won't kill them. If they have if they have for instance, basically less than 10 cards in their library, you get more mill out of one blue than you actually, I guess anything less than 15 cards in their library. Um, the, the, the non kicker version of this is better than the kicker version, which I think is really interesting. Uh, and like I I've had it unlimited and it's been really fascinating when it's like flipped back. I was like, Oh, how do I kill them? I like, can't get them to half their cards. And I was like, Oh wait, if I just cast this as a two drop, I win. <laughs> um, I think there's probably a blue black mill deck that exists in modern now with four archive traps, four of these four glimpses and four breaking entering, uh, because now you have 12 cards in your deck that mill at least eight for two. Um, and with drown in the lock, it's already it's so it's, good. It's already do- a- sorry. It's already doing well. There's, there's already what? a deck that's been put up like five O's. Um, that that's like a mill strategy that's playing like these and um, the what's the the island that gets you cards from your graveyard as well and that you can yeah, fetch Mystic for Sanctuary. Mystic Sanctuary. I think it's even playing crabs. Like I think it's playing a, like both the two new crabs to some extent. So like, it might even be an eight crab deck. I've seen eight crab lists at least. I don't know if that's the one that top aided or or, or five owed or a a, a daily. Um, but yeah, this has this has brought mill to a legitimate position within modern um so that's really sweet i agree this card's dope uh is seagate stormcaller one in a blue two one when this enters the battlefield copy the next instant or sorcery spell with converting mana cost two or less you can cast this uh two or less you cast this turn when you cast it if seagate stormcaller was kicked copy that spell twice instead you may choose nuke targets for the copies four in a blue to kick it i mean 90 times 90 percent of the time you're just like this into lightning bolt is like an insane play this into yeah, reverse this it's into, just reverse it's just reverse snapcaster mage right yeah. like have you seen the historic deck yet that's this with the dual caster mage neoform thing no have you seen this yet no 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 that's sweet it's a it's a turn i lost it's like a turn three or turn four kill mm-hmm. turn four probably but it's like four dual caster mages with like four clones with like neoform and this card and you're able to basically with like a mana creature, like ch- I don't even remember how it works, chain it all together. And like the last one you get is like some creature that comes in and gives everything haste and, you know, then attack for like 18 or whatever. That's I was like, awesome. wow, that's super sweet. Yeah. Yeah. This card, was like, this card was, this, this was like how it worked. This card's the, like the real deal. I think this might be one of the better cards in the set. The fact that it can just, yeah, like, like go into lightning bolt, go into in legacy brainstorm or ponder and, or modern go into preordain or, or, serum visions and like that's all just like base level stuff and then like it obviously has stuff like ben described which is like the more insane version uh i'm 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 excited by it um well because 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 sorry neoform is plus one on the creature correct yes eldritch evolution so is plus yeah two. that's that's so like basically it's it's i think i think the way it works is mana creature turn one right turn two uh something turn three play land play this creature, play Neoform. Um, and how does that work? And and so then, because it's copied, right? Or no, 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 it's not copied. Well, how did it work? I wish I could remember because I was like, I was like, wow, that was like super sick. I should have paid closer attention, but there's there's like an iteration of this that totally worked. And I was like, wow, that was bonkers. So sweet. anyway, it's sweet. 
Uh, thieving Skydiver, one in a blue Merfolk Rogue, Kicker X, uh, two in a one flying. When Thieving Skydiver enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, gain control of target artifact with converted mana costs X or less. If that artifact is an equipment, attach it to Thieving Skydiver. Uh, this is, this is I think, on a lot of people's list of the best commander card in the entire set. The fact that you can get, like, the default version of this is uh, three mana steal someone's soul ring, Right. Yep, like at a base level, and then not to mention two mana get someone's uh, mana crypt or like all of the top end versions. Like if you have any amount of mana, the dope artifacts you're going to be able to steal with this. Um, I think in cool meta games where artifacts are playable, this is also just a consideration. Now you, they have to be artifacts that are good enough on their own, so I think it's a little bit weaker. Now we don't know what the rest of this year is going to be. To, I, it feels like Kaldheim's going to be like artifact flip card themed to me or like cool equipment themed. Uh, so I'm excited by that. And maybe that'll be cool with this. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see, but it's, it's, it's sweet. I really like it. It's definitely this in the last card. The two, the two, uh, two mana, two ones are my favorite two cards in the set. They're nice. like definitely right on my, this card, especially, I mean, come on, this is a merfolk rogue. That's a two, one for two, which is already like, I'm into that in like all formats, basically. But then the fact that it's a Merfolk Rogue, they're both, or it's a Merfolk Rogue that's like a 2 1 for 2 that then, like, it doesn't fly, right? I'm making that up. It does fly. It does. It's a 2 1 <laughs> flying Merfolk Rogue for 2 <laughs> that also can, like, steal your artifact land or, like, also just, like, steal. Like, there's so many things this card does that I'm into. Uh, I want to build a deck around this card immediately. The problem is historic. It just won't have the targets that I want. This needs, this is a Highlander card for sure. Right. This goes into my Merfolk deck. In a second, I'm like so excited to play this. I think this, um, like, I think you play this in modern Merfolk in the sideboard, even right, like, like against an artifact deck. You're just like, oh, I have this. I like have a removal spell for your thing, and I have a two-one flyer for two, right? Like, it's I think totally worth it. I don't know why you wouldn't do that. And plus, against some decks, you'll just like get them, where like they need an artifact to be able to function, and you can kill it, or like you get just like. Like bringing this against a Stoneblade deck, not really? that Stoneblade's playable right now, but like you get to like play with like, oh, here, let me grab that uh, uh, Batter Skull or Feast and Famine or whatever. Like stealing a Batter Skull with this card. Like, <laughs> any kind of like affinity hardened scales type of strategy, it's very good against mm-hmm. because like they have zero man artifacts. So on turn two, like taking their Ornithopter slows that what they're doing down considerably. And it's like a hardened scale is one where they can sack it in response. Fine. Make them sack it in response. Mm-hmm. Take, his, mm-hmm. take an X creature. Take their take their, you know, what uh one of yeah, one of their one of their X creatures that has counters on it that has a casting cost of zero, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really sweet. Blood Chief's Thirst. Kicker two and a black, cost one black normally. Destroy target creature or planeswalker, convert a man cost two or less. If the spell was kicked, destroy that target creature or planeswalker instead. Um do you play this in historic? Yeah, for sure, historic. It's, it's it's not as good as Fatal Push, but if if you're not, if you don't have Fatal Push, I think this is a strong card. I okay. think this card is totally. I, I don't think it's, it's a little metagame dependent. I guess mm-hmm. you don't think it's worse than Push. Oh, it's definitely worse than Push. I think it's just wor- like being a sorcery makes it worse. Um, I'd rather be able to fetch and get a four drop, but nothing bigger than that with Push than this is four mana kill a thing. I guess kill and can kill a planeswalker. Obviously, the yeah. Coveted prize, four and a black sorcery. This spell costs one less to cast for each creature in your party. Search your library for a card, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. If you have a full party, you may cast a spell with converted mana cost four or less from your hand without paying its mana cost. There's definitely like stuff to this card that's cool. I mean, when I thought this card could be cast with a mutavault, I was like more about it. But 
the fact that like you actually need to have a full party is fine. Um, I mean, I think the fact that this is going to be in some situations, demonic tutor or, or slightly worse demonic tutor or like, you know, aristic tutor, whatever. Um, I think it's pretty good actually. <laughs> like, and in, in the upside situation where like you do get actually one mana demonic tutor and a spell for free, that's pretty, that's pretty bananas. Um, there's enough, so, this good card is accidentally a wizard or a rogue or a cleric or a warrior, obviously wizard, right? Um, AKA snapcaster mage that like, I can imagine a world where you just get the castes for three mana every time and that's fine and that's good enough. And then, and you just like make sure you play with Mutavault or you play with another card that just accidentally, like you like, like maybe prioritize a card that slightly would have been worse than this other card, but because it has this creature type and then you once in a while get to do the one mana version of this and then it's just like bonkers. Um, I think that's pretty sweet. I'm into that. Yeah, I think it's totally like I think it's totally good. I don't think it's modern good, but I definitely think it's like going to be historic and pioneer and standard good for sure. Standard good. I mean, there's going to be a combo deck in standard with this card for sure. I feel like by the time it rotates, someone will have used this getting a four drop and casting it for free a thousand percent. There are a ton of decks that this is better than Grim Tutor. Right. Yeah. Like and yeah. that's and that's the sure. that's the like level it needs to be at. And like even like. I'm just like trying to think, is there like, cause there's wizards, right? Like Electromancer, Goblin Electromancer is a wizard. So like, are there stormy esque creatures that are clerics that exist or rogues that exist that lets you play this in like a stormed co- combo deck or like even in like, it, like, well, I guess. So I love, I love the idea of the cost reducers, right? So like, that's really cool that Electromancer reduces the cost of this card, but then also is a wizard. That's dope. Actually. Wait, that's like really dope. Doesn't Electromancer. Doesn't that just mean that you play Electromancer on turn two and it's just on turn three? You just cast this on turn three? Yeah, yeah. This is a three right? drop with I, Electromancer in play. That's like just really cool on its own. I'm like all about that. That's kind of where you were going. Yeah. Well, and plus, plus like yeah. any other one, it's now a two, now it's Demonic Tutor, right? Like if you have a cleric or whatever, um, it doesn't. The sad thing is Electromancer, it's not if this costs only one mana, get a thing for free. You have to have a full party, but you still playing this for yeah. two mana is still really good. Uh, going down the list, looking at some cards. I had the next card ready, and then okay, cool. Uh, Inscription of Ruin, two and a black kicker, two black black. Choose one. If this spell was kicked, choose any number instead. It's like it's a cycle, except it's an uncompleted cycle. There's only three. Uh, target opponent discards two cards. Return target creature card with converted mana cost two or less from the graveyard to the battlefield. Destroy target creature with converted mana cost three. Or- or less. This is already seeing a ton of play. Uh, it, it's it's like such a good versatile removal spell. Just the first, the last ability by itself is like why it's worth a consideration. And the fact that then when that's not good, you can make your opponent discard two cards and or return a creature card from your graveyard. Also, cards that can like modally make your opponent discard two cards but do other things, I think are more powerful than sometimes they get credit for. Because making your opponent discard two, their last two cards can often be game backbreaking. Yeah. And like the problem is, is like it has to line up to that moment and it rarely do good discard cards do that. But when they do, they're a blowout and this allows you to like use it for other things if you need to. But when you have the opportunity to just get them, you get them and they are sad. 
And they have made so many cards that get Mirror Superior back from the graveyard for like so easy the last few years. It's crazy. I feel like I feel like I just need more copies of Superior. They just need to give me four more functional reprints of that card, and I can I can build the deck I really want to build. Um, <laughs> Mine Carver. I think we can skip Nighthawk Scavenger, Tarmohawk. Tomahawk is the best one I think I've heard. Uh, one black black creature vampire rogue flying death touch lifelink nighthawk scavengers powers equal to one plus the number of card types among cards in your opponent's graveyards. One plus star slash three. So this is Tarmogoyf's almost exact wording for it. It's power toughness on just its attack attached to a vampire nighthawk. One of, I think my favorite limited cards ever printed. Um, this card's so sweet. I had this in limited. It's nuts. It's also just really good. Uh, I don't think it's constructed playable in standard, especially with stuff like Omnath running around, but I wish it was because it's dope. Will you be playing this in your rogues lists? Maybe. The pro- I mean, it having Death Touch makes it like real good. That's like the that's the thing that's the best about it. I think that it has a lot of other things it does that are cool, but the fact that worst case scenario, it's just a flying blocker that kills whatever it blocks is really good. It's in the same way that like Belfal Strix is like not nothing it's doing is that good, but the fact that it has death touch is what makes it so good. Um, well, I think like life link, I think it's super cool. relevant. Yeah, I think that there, I think that there is a world that you're playing where this card being, a, I don't think this is going to be that good in commander, unfortunately, <laughs> but I think in, I think in one V one in a rogues deck, I mean, this card's pretty good. If you're, if you're incidentally milling your opponent out and it's going to be like a three mana five, three, probably flying death touch lifelink. It puts them on a pretty fast clock. It, it's, it is good. And the, the life gain keeps you out of range of burn decks. It blocks their giant haymaker. If you need it to, um, I think it's probably actually pretty good. This card's maybe a little, little better than you think. Yeah, like n- almost 99% of decks, it's going to be a sorcery land instant creature three, right? And then most of the time your opponents are playing with a planeswalker or an artifact or an enchantment. And so like most of the time, this is going to be a five, three, I feel like. And, and a five, three flyer for three lifelink death touch is like kind of an insane card. Um, and when it's, it's like when you're not getting stuff in their graveyard, it's still one, three death touch. So it's like still really hard for them to get through and it's gaining you life. Like I think it's powerful. Uh, yeah. Um, next card is null priest of oblivion. One in a black two, one kicker, three in a black menace lifelink. When it enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Uh, this is one of those cards that we were talking about earlier where like the kicker like hurts me because I never want to cast this card emotionally uh, without kicking it. This card's weird though, because it's really good when you don't kick it. A two mana one two one evasion lifelinker is like kind of a very above rate card. Plus, late game you t- draw it and it has reanimate attached to the back end. I like think this card's really cool and really good. Um, and is like just on the edge of like painful about the kicker because you don't really want to cast it as a two drop, but I think you should just roll this out as a two drop. Two 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 one menace lifelink is like very powerful. Yeah, I mean a two like a two one menace lifelink. Anytime you have a creature with evasion that costs two mana, uh, I'm already listening. If you have an evasive evasive creature for two mana that has an ability, I'm usually all in. It's rare that like I think one of them is really cool and ends up not being good. Like 
And the fact that like reanimator is such a powerful effect, like I will play six mana to reanimate a thing a lot of the time and be very happy about it, especially when it comes with a free two one with menace and lifelink. So like, yeah, I think I think this card's really sweet. I'm I'm gonna be playing it for a long time. Uh, speaking of kicker two drops, scourge of skyclaves, big knee boy throne himself, one in a black demon star star kicker four in a black. When you cast a spell, if it was kicked, each player loses half of their life rounded up. Scourge of Skyclave's power and toughness are each equal to 20 minus the highest life total among players. Um, when this card was previewed, I had a lot of fun posting a lot of, like, is this Death Shadow memes? Basically what I'm saying. Hello, Death Shadow 2.0. Um, there's some what do you think? Do you think it's... Do you th- do you think it's as good? Um, I think that for formats like Historic where Death Shadow just doesn't exist, right? Like like the, the arena ecosystem, it's cool that there's a like an ability to maybe have that type of card. Um, I think that this is not as good as Death Shadow. Uh, if Death Shadow was looking for another Death Shadow, I don't think this is better than Gurmag Angler, right? Like that's the real question. Um, Agreed. But this card works with cards in a weird way because if you have more than a specific life total it's it's like a net negative to cards that count power and toughness when you do something so for instance with nethroy if you have in this graveyard it counts as an so so nethroy is the 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 black white green uh legendary mutate creature from um Ikoria that when you mutate it you may uh bring in a a 10 total power from your graveyard and put it into play I believe is the text Uh, and so this counts against that 10 so if you have this in play you could bring extra stuff into play that you wouldn't be able to before because if this is a negative five negative five then you can bring in 25 worth of power from your graveyard so it does cool stuff like that which is sweet um so i like that uh and i think it's i think it's a cool card i like like that it exists and yeah and, and stuff like historic in the modern world or, or sorry the historic world the arena world this is a sweet card to exist because there's a bunch like i'd love to play death shadow in in historic and can i make that work here yeah i think i think the other thing too about this card that is interesting is the the kicker ability which seems kind of relevant um is seems seems sort of irrelevant because it costs five and especially in like modern um Losing half your life rounded up when it doesn't matter to you at all. The fact that this has like a stapled on thing that's like, I'll play this thing and you'll go from, you know, nine to four. Now you lose because I'm going to attack you to lethal or, or you got, you know, if they're like 16 or something like it's, you know, it's a good burn spell, mm-hmm. um, especially because your life total doesn't matter to you. So I, I do think that the kicker is interesting. It is an expensive kicker though at five. Yeah. I think, I think this card is actually most relevant in commander. I think this is like, and, and the, the Nethroid commander decks are, are like obviously the very first place this is going to see play. And every person who's playing the deck should just auto include this um, because it's, it's your life total is at 40. So it's starting power and toughness is, 40. I mean, the other thing with this deck that's better than Death Shadows in some ways is like if you're at 15, this is a 5 5 for 2, right? Death Shadow doesn't start becoming big until you're under 13. So that is another pretty relevant relevant right. thing, right? So so it's it's better in that way. It's just not a one drop. Um yeah, I think I think this card is going to be really interesting overall. I think it's like very powerful 
in different ways. And so seeing what it does is going to be fascinating. Um, Skyclave Shade, one in a black. Creature Shade, three, one. Kicker, two in a black. Skyclave Shade can't block. If it was kicked, it enters the battlefield with two plus one plus one counters on it. And then Landfall, when it enters the battlefield under your control, if Sky clave shade is in your graveyard and it's your turn you may cast it from your graveyard this turn so obviously the most comparable card to this card is bloodgast this isn't bloodgast but it's not the same as bloodgast it's a different card to me like i I think this card is very good uh i've even had it now and limited a few times and have tried playing it in decks and like i think its power level is actually higher than people give it credit to because on paper it's worse than bloodgast but it's bigger than Bloodcast. This comes in as a 5-3 late game. So like it like Bloodcast's job was always filling up your board with a bad creature, but you're getting a bunch of stuff for free into play. And and you take advantage of that in a different way. The job of this is to have just a recursive threat that you can keep playing that no matter how many removal spells they play, it's gonna come back as a 5-3, which is a much bigger thing than a 2-1. Um, obviously, but like like the way you interact with it in the board, like this kills you in four turns. A Bloodcast you could ignore forever. And it's a cash trigger. So Vengevine comes back. Bloodgast doesn't bring Vengevine back. I can cast this from my graveyard and Vengevine's trigger and come into play. That's sweet. It also invalidates all of the feel-bads of kicker cards that we were talking about. It's one of the only ones I can think of where the design is literally, it is quite literally made to make us both happy, where you're playing a two-mana three-one, which I'm totally happy to do. Like, it's good enough. It's not great, but... But now it's dead and it's in my graveyard. And later in the game, I can recast this not as a two mana three one, but as a two mana five, as a, a five mana five three, which like I'm so much happier about than than the initial version. It, this this like solves the problems basically, and I think that makes this card especially appealing. Uh, the next card is Soul Shatter. Two and a black instant. Each opponent sacrifices a creature or planeswalker with the highest converted mana costs among creatures and planeswalkers they control. Um, this card's powerful. It's an instant speed. It's going to get rid of the best thing that they have every single time, which is really, really, really strong. Also, the artist, uh, Wiley Beckett, great first name. Uh, also, I think is one of my new favorite artists. Like, it, it, I think they've done a few different pieces, including Thwart the Grave from this set, and it's gorgeous. I like really, really, really love it. Um, thoughts? Um, yeah, so this this card, I had looked at this card. This card is good. Um I'm playing this, I think, in one of my decks already. Maybe it's in a Highlander deck or it's maybe it's Arena Gauntlet or something like that. But yeah, I mean, the, it, it's instant speed. Like, it's totally playable. <laughs> it's, it's doing exactly what you want that card to do. Right. It's, it's an instant speed effect. That's I feel like get... it's a card that almost exists already. Uh, there's a there. The Mardu, the Mardu spell from Khans was the the um, skull, not crack, crackling something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crackling Doom, right? Yes, Crackling Doom um, was similar, if not exactly this. I think it was. I think they lost life. Also, there's only so many cards. That, yeah. yeah. So the card was. Where's it at? Yeah. So Crackling Doom. Uh, crackling Doom does two damage to each opponent. Each player sacrifices a creature with greatest power among creatures that player controls. So instead of doing two damage, they have to sacrifice a uh, creature or a planeswalker so so you that they this has the ability to get rid of the best planeswalker if there's like an ugin in play right which like is super relevant (laughs) uh like yeah i think this card i think this card's modern playable i i think this card's like legit i think this card's ability to get rid of stuff like ugin or karn against tron 
or just like the best creature decks have um, is really strong. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much more focus now this this last like couple of years on answers to planeswalkers. There has to be because obviously War of the Spark happened, and so so many more of these cards now have that reference. That actually makes me think that the initial wow planeswalkers have dominated and taken over and are so good feeling we had within a year or two from now will be totally balanced out because like there are so many angress rampages and and cards like this that are printed that are just incidentally going to be able to answer planeswalkers in the same way that we had so many ways to answer creatures the elder spell is not going to be like special anymore it's just going to be like an interesting take on something that is super common yeah i i agree i yeah i I really like this card i think it's like always going to be amazing to cast and that's what you want from a removal spell Fourth the grave, four black black. This spell costs one less to cast for each creature in your party. Return target creature card and up to one target cleric, rogue, warrior, or wizard creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Um, this is I mentioned at the beginning. I, I think this card's actually one of the better party cards in Magic overall, uh, just because it's a reanimation spell for two cards. So you're, you're you're reanimating two cards, and it can cost four mana. When like I'm already willing to pay five mana for one creature card in most non eternal formats. And so the fact that this can get down to four mana or three mana relatively easily, not relatively easily, but, but with a little bit of effort. And then that same effort you have to put to make that happen allows this to get you two cards from your graveyard. And one of them doesn't have to be a party member. So I can get like grizzle brand and, uh, is neonite. Maybe, maybe neonite is a, is a, is a rogue. I'm hoping. Might be an aristocrat. I'm not sure, but I think that I think that there are going to be very interesting decks. I would be. I would have to look it up to see if I'm correct in this. But isn't um, I mean, pilferer is a hundred percent a rogue. The ghostly pilferer Mm -hmm. that allows you to discard a card, Mm -hmm. so it's a rogue, and it allows you to discard a card, right? So there, that's one thing. And then the other one I was going to say was. Um, Una's Prowler, I think, is also a fairy rogue. And it's so there there is something to be said for the idea that you are like a rogues kill you with creatures deck that also it has the reanimator backup plan of your best value card. Also just being able to be like, yeah, so what I'm going to do here at the end of my turn five is that I've attacked and you've answered my creature and now you're at 11. And for three mana, I'm going to get back that creature you just killed and also this Gristlebrand. <laughs> Or like this enormously powerful thing. This card actually, I think we, we're almost underselling. I, I think this card has all the things we were just talking about when it comes to like the front, the front side of a strategy and, and the backside. The mm-hmm. upside of this card is, is enormous. Like the upside of this card is, is and it's it's built into a strategy already. Those are those rogues cards we just talked about. Build the deck for you. Like I want to go build that deck right now. Well, and like and like even on the other hand, like Niambi, Niambi, the esteemed speaker, which Marshall hopefully is just going to put that art on my phone <laughs> and then leave it there. I summoned it with my phone. Uh, the um, is like a cleric that has a discard ability. Discard a legendary card, draw two cards. Some of the best stuff to reanimate are legendary cards generally nowadays. So you can like discard stuff with her. She's a cleric. She also has a front end that's powerful. You have ghostly pilfer, which is a rogue. There's definitely wizards that are powerful enough that, that are really good with these. There's the bounce wizard. Um, what's his face? Baron, not Baron, right? Baron. Which one? Uh, the, the, the new blue, one, blue. the Baron, the one that returns one to your one of your own to your hand. No, he returns a. Yeah, uh, yeah. He he bounces. 
It bounces another creature, but at the end of turn, if you bounce one of your own permanents, you draw an additional card. Correct. Baron, so, right? so, so two, two for three. Yeah, playing Baron with Niambi and Ghostly Pilferer with this is like a reanimator strategy slash like return stuff to your hand strategy slash bounce your opponent's stuff strategy. Like all those cards work really well together. And that's a wizard, rogue and cleric all, all in one. Right. So like, oh my God, I just, I just like had the, I just had the update to my rogues deck that just like came to mind because I was already playing four fairy miscreant in that deck, Mm -hmm. which is a rogue in itself. That is additional value with Baron returning it to your hand. Mm -hmm. So now I get to return it to my hand and replay it, but I've also drawn an additional card off the Baron. Um, And then with Blackguard, now my ability to like do that and replay my creatures to then get the counters on them. This all sounds really sweet. This all sounds like super, super fun. Yeah. I think like there's like sweet stuff to do with this card. And this is like a real payoff for it. That's worth it. Um, and it's good without party, yeah. right? That's always the thing with these party effects is can't can't if I top deck this on turn six, how good is it? It's pretty great. Reanimate two creatures, yeah. put them in the play. One of them is barren. It bounces your opponent's creature to their hand and you get another dope thing. Like I'm all in. Um, and that is the black card. So um, we're we're now at like an hour and a half this video. Um, now, I think there's like 10 minutes that were a hot take and there were 10 minutes that were talking about sandwiches, but we're at two hours in the recording. So so that's how I got to an hour and a half. Not sandwiches, fast food places. So, so I think I think the plan is, uh, listeners, to that we're going to do the red cards, the green cards, and the gold cards, uh, either next week, depending on how long it takes, maybe as the episode, uh, uh, hopefully more in line with um, the uh, the hot take that we maybe do do next week. We'll figure out what the timing of everything is going to be. Um, but thank you so much for listening. Uh, so there's one more episode of these. Uh, we hope you guys are enjoying these. Please let us know in the comments if you like the reviews that we did this time, the way we did it, where we focused on mechanics and kind of just like went over different cards. Because we've opened up so many different formats, it does mean we have to look at more cards um, versus just like prioritizing modern. Uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying that. Um, and if you're not enjoying it, please let us know as well because we can go back to just doing top tens where we like rank car- the best 10 cards and instead we miss a bunch of them uh but then we only we do could one, indeed one episode and 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 so we'd love your feedback on which version of these reviews you like uh and make sure to watch next week's episode you know the one of the reasons we're trying to figure out different ways is the reviews sometimes we do really well with them some of the times the review episodes aren't the best um so we're excited to see what your guys's thoughts are um and uh beyond that make sure to follow and subscribe hit that subscribe button hit that like button uh and then make sure to f- uh, find us on the internet at Cass wiley I'm at Ben Bateman Media. Um, and thank you, Marshall, so much for editing all these videos. Uh, sorry for this week. It's a little chaotic because of the delay in audio. And I will talk to you guys on uh, Monday when we do the live stream, when we're we're brewing decks. Send me your crab tech. Ben, sneak peek. What, what deck you're playing? I'm playing that new blue-black rogue, the four-drop guy. I can't think his name, but he's real sweet. The, the, he's like... The commander pre-con one or the merfolk, um, the, the like in the set one? Uh, I think uh, the commander precon one. So, okay, so so you're oh, so you're playing Anawan the Ruin Thief, two blue black vampire rogue. Other rogues you control get plus one plus one. Whenever one or more rogues you control deals combat damage to a player, that player mills a card for each uh, one damage dealt to them. If that player mills at least one creature card, that way you draw a card, and it's a two four. Oh, that reads like way much yes, more. Yes, that is the card I'm playing. Sick. I'm um, I'm hyped. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm excited for how this works. Um, yeah, you ready to you ready to lose? You're gonna take this big card draw me, This card should draw me lots of cards. It's a lord. It's a vampire. There's lots of sweet synergy. Um, 
I am very much looking forward to this card. I, I think I think this deck will be fun. So I'll spend all weekend building it and hopefully be ready in time on Monday, like instead of normally when I'm sleeving up my proxy deck last minute. You have yeah, one job. You have one job. <laughs> all right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you guys next Monday during that stream. I hope you guys have a good time. This has been a production of Time Traveler Media, sending podcasts into the future.